Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Right now, we go to the hotline, as we always do on a Friday, to talk some Cleveland Browns. And from brownzone.com, outstanding Browns beat reporter Scott Petrak joining us. How are you today, Scotty? I'm good. How are you guys? Hey, we're great, man. We appreciate you joining us. So, uh, all quiet on the uh, the Western Front, or in this case, in Berea, Ohio, uh, with the Browns. Is this the quietest week since, oh, what, uh, two years ago, maybe, for you covering the team, or what? Um, yeah, <laughs> there might have been a week last February that uh, I don't, I'm forgetting, but it certainly, um, you know, has been quiet. There's not the uh, coaching change surge. There's not a GM surge. There's not a, what are they going to do, a quarterback? Um, so yeah, it's it's uh it's quieter than usual for sure. Problem there is the fact that normally we say that because we think there should be. And we usually think there should be because they have a losing record. Well, they had a losing record and the only thing they did was change their defensive coordinator. Scotty, does covering the Browns ruin watching the NFL for you? Because at times, without all this off the field issues and everything else, sometimes it seems as though we sense a little frustration in your voice. Is that accurate? Frustration in my voice? It's just it's, with all the off the field, wouldn't it be nice to just say we played a good game last week? We may need to work on this or that, but instead they're doing all this other crap. Yeah, no, I get, I'm just playing with you. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, well, it's not. I mean, covering the Browns doesn't take away from my enjoyment of watching the playoff games. I I get a kick out of that. Um, I'm really looking forward to the two games this weekend. I think they're going to be outstanding. Um, yeah, I feel bad for the fans. You know, everybody I know pretty much grew up rooting for the Browns, mm-hmm. still roots for the Browns. That's all I get asked about. And, you know, they're dying for a winner. So, um, you know, I feel bad that, you know, the Browns have won one playoff game in the last almost 30 years. Um, you know, but I still enjoy the NFL. I really enjoy the NFL. Um, but it would be, uh, you know, be nice to cover the conference championship game because, the excitement would be through the roof, right? Mm-hmm. You feel it at yep, training camp. Yeah. You felt it in 2020. Um, but I, I, you know, and I, I've been here, you know, I was a teenager when the Browns were good in the eighties. Um, I know what it would be like if they were that good again. Scotty, that's why I asked the question. Cause obviously we go through it every day too. And the glass is usually half empty when you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. So I guess the only direction to take right now is when you look at these teams that are still left playing for the AFC championship game, and maybe even the teams like the Buffalo Bills that are at home. But guess what? So are the Browns. How far is this team, in your opinion, away from competing for a playoff spot? Yeah, that's a great question. And I get asked it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I kind of go back and forth. My thought is, I don't think they're far away at all from competing for a playoff spot. Right? Like, I mean, they were close, they were close enough this year. If they win the, if they beat the Jets, which obviously that was an epic collapse. Mm-hmm. If they beat the Falcons, then you're looking at the last couple games of the year having huge playoff importance, right? Playoff ramifications. Right. So you know, I I think they could have gotten in. You know, are they could they have beaten Jacksonville in the playoffs? Sure. Uh, you know, like that doesn't feel like a reach. Where they, you know, they could have beaten the Chargers this year. So they could have been the Chargers in the playoffs. So um, 
I, I don't think they're far away at all from being that kind of team. The question for me is how far away are they from being a team in the conference championship game, right? A team that you really think can go to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I mean, in 2020, right, they had a chance to go down and put up a drive against the Chiefs to go to the conference championship. So, uh, you know, you can get there, um, but that felt like a one-off, right? So I guess I'm saying, you know, I don't think they're the Chiefs. I don't think they're the team that's right now you say, yeah, they're going to go to five straight or however many it is. Um, conference title games, that seems like a reach. But I don't think they're far away from being a playoff team. And I'm not even sure that they're that far away from being a team that could make a run. They just haven't shown that they have the ability to be consistent year in and year out. Um, like a team like the Chiefs, like a team like the Niners, right? When they get any kind of quarterback play, um, they're going, they're making playoff runs. All right, Scotty, we're going to play a little game here. Um, you have to pick which QB you'd rather have when I mention these teams, okay? I'm going to give you All two right. teams each time, and you tell me which quarterback you'd rather have. Here we go. Gotcha. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags or Deshaun Watson and the Browns? I think I take the Browns and Watson. Okay, so I'm I'm putting Browns down here and I'm putting other. I'm keeping score here on this. Okay, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow or Deshaun Watson? Bengals, Burrow. Okay, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> or Deshaun Watson? <laughs> yeah, Kansas City. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see here. Other playoff teams: Los Angeles Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, Herbert or Deshaun Watson? I would take Herbert. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right, let's go. We move to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, if healthy, or Deshaun Watson? I think I would take – well, I know I would take Lamar. And, you know, this is these are subject to change, right, if Deshaun Watson plays great next year. Um, right. But right now, him not having had a Pro Bowl season since 2020 and given all that, I would take Lamar Jackson. Okay, uh, let's go to the Miami Dolphins. Two attack of Viola and Deshaun Watson. By the way, he's still out, and he cannot perform or play in this all-star celebration. He's still under protocol. Oh, okay, well, I mean, I would still say, I would take Watson, regardless of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've, I've always had questions about Tua, and I know he played great early in the year, but I still have those questions about him. So I, I right. take Watson. And Josh Allen and the Bills or Deshaun Watson? Josh Allen. All right, so I just named the seven playoff teams in the AFC, Scotty, and you took five quarterbacks over uh, Deshaun Watson and only Watson twice, being that of uh, Trevor Lawrence in the Miami Dolphins. And that's just in the AFC. So here's my question then. Did the Browns overpay to get Deshaun Watson? Mm -hmm. Is he not as good as, or do you think because he's been out so long, you have to factor that in and then see what he does this coming season and then reevaluate then. I think that's a big part of it. Kenny, you need to reevaluate after he's played, um, you know, given the long layoff. And I think a bigger part of it is you need a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. If you're going to compete with all the guys that you just named, you know what I mean? Like you can look mm-hmm. at it as well, do they overpay because he's only sixth on that list? And I would argue they didn't overpay because at least he's sixth on that list, right? Okay. And it gives you a chance to be in that conversation. Like, I don't, 
I think if you put him against Herbert or Burrow, you know, to me, Mahomes is a different guy, right? Like, I, I just think he's, and I know there's a debate about Mahomes versus Burrow. But right now, I have Mahomes at level one and then a bunch of guys at the next level or whatever, Burrow and maybe Allen at the next level. Um, but to take Mahomes out of the equation, I think Watson gives you a chance to compete with all those other quarterbacks. Now, you need to have a pass rush. You need to have good coaching. Mm-hmm. But he gives you a chance when I don't think Baker Mayfield gave you the same chance. And I think the Browns looked at mm. the landscape and said, where are we going to get a guy? Kenny Pickett's not the guy. I mean, he might be, but I think the Browns said he's not the guy, right? Right. So where are you going to get the guy that can be in that conversation? And I think they thought Watson was the guy to put them in that conversation. And if you look in, you know, take the off-field stuff out of it. If you say, well, what about Derek Carr? I don't think Derek Carr's – I like Derek Carr. I don't think he's mm. in that same discussion. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo's in that same discussion, right? And right. Watson, at his best, is at least in that conversation. Absolutely. And especially if you get the 2020 Deshaun Watson, you're talking about a top five quarterback in the league. Remember, after the 2018 Baker Mayfield, we thought he was going to be an elite quarterback too. But look how things change. And now Baker Mayfield is going to be a backup, and you've got Deshaun Watson, hopefully. You know, and as bad as it looked at times, it's hard to look at this thing, and I got into it with Billy Beebe yesterday, Kenny. Deshaun Watson, as bad as he looked at times, still went three and three the final six games of the year. Yeah, yeah I mean, five hundred, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that's it was okay. The offense didn't play well. It was a work in progress for everybody, right? Kevin Stefanski adjusting to the quarterback change. It was a pretty significant offensive change, and um, how you ran the offense from Jacoby Brissett to Deshaun Watson. So you know, three and three is fine. I do think. We probably had too high of an expectation that Miami are going to go on this crazy run because Watson's back. Um, so, you know, I think you take three and three for whatever it is. But I believe the talent is still there. Now we mm-hmm. have to see him fulfill that, right? And that is a question. And he hasn't done it since 2020. And he's had all this other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about this, I hate to say, to deal with. But there's all this other stuff surrounding him. Can he overcome that? Where's his head, where's his head at? But physically – I don't think there's any reason he can't get back to the player he was in 18, 19, and 20. Well, you think of it this way, Scotty. When I look at at, uh, Deshaun Watson, I don't think he's forgotten how to play the game. And I haven't studied the tape to see what the differences were when he was with the Texans as what he was for six games with the Browns. The 700-day layoff, I know the expectations were high. I don't know if maybe we overpaid for it or not. We're not going to know until next season. But when you think about Deshaun Watson, is it fair to assume – that he hasn't forgotten how to play as we compare it to maybe Kevin Love being at a point in his career to where maybe time has ran out on a guy. This guy's got to have something left in the tank, doesn't he? Well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't, you know, I'd like to think that Kevin Love still has something left. Um, I know he hasn't played well lately. But, yeah, I mean, Watson, Watson's in his prime, right? Quarterbacks play forever. Watson, I'm just double-checking right now. He's, what is it? He's 27, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He's 27. He's going to start next season right before he turns 28. That's like in the prime for a quarterback. And I know, you know, guys like Burrow and Allen are playing great early, but that's not necessarily normal. And the fact is Watson did play great early in his career. So, um, yeah, I don't think I, physically he's there. He's not on any decline. Um, I, I think it's tough when you haven't played football in 700 days to come out and feel comfortable in the pocket. Right, period. Mm-hmm. Just to feel comfortable in the pocket. 
seeing things moving, right? Reading the defense, finding the safeties, all those things you need to do to play quarterback at an elite level is really difficult. Then you add on top of that, new system, new teammates. It's week, whatever, week 12, week 13, everybody else has been playing for 12 weeks. All that, I think, contributes to why he didn't play at an elite level of Final Six. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, Scotty, and I um, agreed with most of your picks in the AFC, those quarterbacks we just played that mm-hmm. game with, right? 5-2, yeah. you take the other guy. In the NFC, Scotty, I think you'd go 5-2, you take Watson over Prescott, Jones, Cousins, Lance, Jimmy G, Purdy, or Geno Smith, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think you would. Um, I think you would. You know I mean? I, I think Dak, it, Dak's tough because he played so poorly last week. I think he's still a really good quarterback that gives you a chance to win games. Um, you know, I think you I, and I know how great Hurts played this year. I, yep. I think you can make an argument that you'd rather have Deshaun Watson. Okay. You know, Hurts has done it for like a year. Um, you know, Watson did it longer. Um, you know, I think Watson might throw it better than Hurts does. You know, I haven't watched a ton, a ton of Hurts. Um, so, yeah, you know, you know, to me, when you look at the NFC, I, I actually still think of guys like Brady and Rodgers right, who may not be in the NFC um, when next year starts. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it is different. I, I think AFC, obviously, it's a quarterback boom for the AFC, and, and the Browns are trying to keep up, and you need, Watson to, you need Watson to play great just to give you a chance. Scott, I want to turn your attention to the head coach. And Last week, Kevin Stefanski basically had a press tour in Cleveland. I don't know if you heard any of those interviews or not, but it seemed as though he might have been open a little bit more to criticism. He knows he's going to get criticized, right? He turns it off as, I don't listen to it. Do you really believe in any of that? Or is that just talk to make sure that the fans know that, hey, I am human, and I know that we've got some work to do? I did listen to him. I think think he wants to get – I think he wants to send a message. He wants – it's a little bit of an image, not rebuild, but, hey, I hear the criticism. Um, I understand it. I don't think it – maybe I don't think it's necessarily justified. But, yeah, I have some personality. I'm not just head in my play sheet, which is, <laughs> you know, I think a bogus yeah. criticism. Um, so, yeah, I think that's part of it, certainly. Um, and that's – the fact is, when you have two losing seasons in a row, he knows that he can't have a third one in a row. He knows yep. that the public opinion has changed about him, right? I mean, he was coach of the year in 2020. People loved him. He was, you know, the wonder kid. And now it's, man, he's, you know, you can't go anywhere without hearing criticism of Kevin Stefanski. So I think he realizes that, and I think he wants to not set the record straight, but kind of show another side of him um, that there is some personality, that there is some fire to him. Scott Petrak, our guest. Check him out daily on Twitter at Scott Petrak, uh, or you can read him on a daily basis as well at brownzone.com, Lyra Chronicle Telegram, Medina Gazette. Does a fabulous job covering the Cleveland Browns, who are at home uh, with 28 other teams watching the NFL playoffs this weekend, AFC Championship game, Cincinnati uh, at Burrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Uh, Burrow against uh, Patrick Mahomes in that quarterback matchup, and in the NFC It'll be the first game at 3 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, the Eagles and Jalen Hurts playing host to Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, and, Scotty, uh, when you look at those four teams, 
is there a common denominator besides quarterback with the exception of Purdy, right, as to why those teams are all there? That's a good question, Kenny. Um, I I think defensive line for – Probably three of those teams. You know, Kansas City's got some guys. I don't know if you look at them and say they have a dominant line, but certainly Chris Jones is, you know, he's a finalist for defensive player of the year. Frank Clark's pretty good. Um, but we know the Eagles are built around that D-line. San Francisco's built around that D-line. Um, Cincinnati's got the two edge guys plus, you know, Reader in the middle. So I, huge. I think that's the next common thread is you better be stout up front, especially defensively. And coaching, you know, I mean, I think Andy Reid's great. I think Kyle Shanahan's great. Um, You know, I don't know if I'm ready to say Sirianni or Zach Taylor's great, but I'm starting to change my opinion about Zach Taylor because, you know, they're one step away from going to a second straight Super Bowl. Yeah, and your point about the D-line, I think it's outstanding. And Reader, I think, really has made a difference, don't you, for the Bengals on, on that defensive line uh, with Hendricks and Hubbard on the outside. But Reader coming in and being healthy and, and what he's been able to do, hasn't that been the biggest boost for them defensively? I think that's a great point, Kenny. And, you know, we talk so much about, right, the, the loss to the Browns on Halloween was the last time they lost. The Bengals, right? And you say, oh, they didn't have Jamar Chase. They didn't have Reader. Right? I think Reader missed that game, yep. and I know he did. So that's a huge change. You know, you got one stud on each side of the ball that they missed. So, um, yeah, I think it's big because Hendrickson and Hubbard, they're good, um, and I really like Hendrickson. The guy plays crazy hard, but you need another you need another guy up front, and I think Reader gives him that. All right, so what's more important then for Jim Schwartz and the Browns' defense to find a bookend for Miles Garrett, or maybe how about a defensive tackle to play right next to Miles Garrett that's Pro Bowl caliber? Yeah, they're both crazy important, right? If I had to pick, I think I'd pick the edge guy opposite Miles Garrett because um, I think that's just a more important position, right? Edge than D tackle. Having said that, you need a guy at all those spots. You need two new D tackles. <laughs> Um, I'm not saying necessarily two starting D tackles, but you need one stud D tackle, um, and then another guy to compete with, you know, Jordan Elliott or whoever for that second starting spot. And then you need a you need a stud outside. They just don't they don't have that. They don't have either, either of those. So it's neck and neck. If I had to give a slight edge, I'd give it to end, but that's not diminishing the value of the D tackle they need at all. How active, Scott Petrak, do you think the Browns will be? in free agency like day one or day two do you expect them to be mucho aggressive and go after one particular guy whether it's dnd tackle or wide receiver or do you think they they lay back and see who falls through the cracks i think they're aggressive kenny i mean you know andrew barry this will be his fourth for agency right um and that it feels like you know i don't have the yeah you know i'm trying to remember the last few years Feels like they've been aggressive, all of them, right? At least two out of three, where they've made a move on day one that was significant, whether it was, you know, Conklin and Hooper um, the one year, it's JJ3 the second year. You know, they made the Amari Cooper trade this year. So I don't know, agency, but they made the Amari Cooper trade and then obviously the Deshaun right. Watson trade. So if you throw in just in general being active in the offseason, yeah, I think that's their track record. And I think they realize that they have significant needs. We just talked about end and tackle. 
the D tackle and I receiver is third on that list for me. Uh, and they realize that not only that, they realize that they can't afford to lose this year. So I think you throw all that in the pile. They'll have enough down the cap space where they can do something. And I expect them to be aggressive in free agency and the trade market, trying to fill up those, fill those holes because they don't have that first round draft pick. So it's not like you can just say, Hey, we're going to wait to the draft. Plus you need more experienced guys and saying, we're going to rely on a bunch of rookies, especially when we've seen the rookies that the Browns have drafted have struggled by and large to contribute immediately. And there you go. Barring some kind of a trade and they move back into the first round. We're not really on pins and needles waiting for the NFL draft. So my question has got to be this, Scott Petrak, when is that free agent period? When can they start tinkering with this lineup, this roster, so to speak, they can make either free agent moves or trades. Yeah, it's at second. I mean, you know, they can sign any of their own guys, right? So you could sign, okay. they could re-sign Ethan Posit, um, you know, or a guy like Anthony Walker Jr., right? I mean, that can happen before free agency. But to bring in new guys, um, you know, you can make a trade before free agency, but it doesn't become official. You know, okay. we've seen that lately. There's quarterback movement. Um, you know, I think the Cooper trade last year was right around the start of free agency, if not right before it, that you learned it was going to yeah. happen. Um, but you're talking that second week in March. You know, I okay. think if the – I don't have the calendar in front of me, but whatever that Monday is. Let's okay. say the Monday is March 13th. That's when the the tampering period starts, right, when you're allowed to discuss things. And then that Wednesday is when things can become official. All right, so that's an important date to put on your calendar and keep an eye on for the Browns. All right, forget the Browns now. Let's talk about the two games this weekend, Scotty Petrak. First game up in Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts and the E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, 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 hosting uh, the uh, San Francisco 49ers with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Jimmy G will not play. We found that out this week. Won't be available at all. So it's Purdy's game to win or lose. Who do you like in that first a championship game in the NFC. I like the Eagles. Uh, you know, and I think it's going to be a really good game. And I don't, you know, feel great about the Eagles, but I do think they'll win. I like their front four. I think they can get to Brock Purdy and make life tough for him. And we saw what I thought a good Dallas pass rush had an impact against that 49ers offense yep. a week ago. Right? They didn't. I think they scored one touchdown. Um, you know, Purdy's played great. This is not in any way to diminish what he's done. I still have a hard time thinking a rookie quarterback that was the last pick of the draft is going to take a team to the Super Bowl and win a game on the road against a really good Eagles team, a really talented Eagles team. And I'm not saying it can't be done, and I love, and I think Kyle Shanahan might be the best coach in the league. I just think that's asking a lot, and I think the Eagles defensively can challenge him because not only do they have the front four, Kenny, they have Slay and Bradbury at corner. And those are two big-time corners. So it's not like I don't think Debo and Ioka are going to be running free, right? So I think they're going to make life tough, and Jalen Hurts will make enough plays where the Eagles find a way to win. All right, what about the other game real quick, Scotty? KC yeah. playing host to the Bengals. I think it's going to be great, too. Um, I'm going to go with Kansas City. Uh, I assume that Mahomes is going to be able to move around a little bit right? And who knows, it's a big question mark with the ankle. Uh, but it just feels like it's really hard to win two games. Two back-to-back AFC Championship games on the road in Kansas City against Patrick Mahomes. Now, maybe the ankle turns the table and it is the Bengals, but I'm going to take the Chiefs just because I think Mahomes is that good 
And I think people are overlooking how good that team is overall. Scotty, I agree with you on the Eagles. Disagree on the Chiefs. Here's why. Bad ankle, no Tyreek kill. I think this is where it rears its ugly head for Kansas City in a game of this magnitude, not having a Tyreek kill uh, to count on. I know Kelsey's there and does a great job, but the Hill was, I think, the straw that stirred that drink to, to really put them over the top. So we'll see how this plays out. Should be a lot of fun to walk, uh, watch on Sunday, and we'll talk about it again next week with you, all right? Thanks, Kenny. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is, Scott Petrak, Browns beat reporter, brownzone.com, checking in with us here on the Kenny and JT Show.